We wrote an article that went viral and sparked a natural hair revolution. We are Elise and Aisha, moms to small humans, digital content creators, licensed hairstylists, brand agnostic, curl educators, and generally your snarky girlfriends with no filter. We're two women from the south side of Chicago taking the stupid out of natural hair. On this episode of Curls Disrupted, we're going to talk about curly cuts. And of course, we have our hair straight. I mean... On the day we talk about curly of cuts. Of course, right? Like, we wanted to do something out of the box for this episode. So we decided, why not straighten our hair? Mm-hmm. Show you guys what our curly cuts look like outside of it being straight. curly. It's straight. With, with some bend. Straight with some bend. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's, it's for us, it's it's a style choice we don't make very often. Um, just because it's a lot of work to keep up. How, I long, did it, how long did it take you? It didn't take me that long, but that's because I spent years pressing hair. You like, also don't years. have hair on the other side and of I your head. I have whole side missing. <laughs> um, but I had, to re- I had to relearn. I had to reteach myself. Of how to actually like wrap my hair. So once I wrap my hair, my hair's been in a doobie for like almost 24 hours. <laughs> and I it took me probably I think over two hours to do my hair from beginning to end. <sighs> um because the blow dryer <laughs> attachment kept coming off. And then on top of that, I got hot and sweaty. Like my scalp <laughs> was getting sweaty. So wait, you're trying to get your hair straight. And dry. And dry, but your scalp is uh, sweaty. sweaty, right? See, this is why we don't play these reindeer right. games. And you will very, very, very rarely see our hair straight. So the, Yeah, and then the, the straight, the pressing, like the actual part of the pressing. pressing. Yeah, you know I'm saying that was another 45 <laughs> minutes of pressing my hair because nope. I can't do small sections because of the way my the, my strands are that thick. Like, mm-hmm. I literally have to do like small, yeah. So no, you won't probably see me do this for a hot little minute unless somebody pay or pays me to pay somebody <laughs> to do it. Hey friends. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. All right. So we're chatting curly cuts today because we get all these questions about different techniques and different uh, reasons and why people should get curly cuts and why people shouldn't get curly cuts. And there seems to be a lot of confusion. There is. There's not a lot of education on curly cutting. Like, mm-hmm. let's just be realistic. Curly cutting is still very new to the industry. In fact, it's, I'm saying new to the industry it, in the it's, sense it's of- newish. In the sense of the cosmetology books have yet to catch up with what's happening in current trends of hair cutting. True. So if you look in a cosmetology book or go to a cosmetology school, there is no education being provided on cutting curly hair. They're teaching us standard, you know what I'm saying, the the, the foundation. They're, they're teaching us the, the foundation of hair cutting. They're teaching you yes. layering, graduation, over direction. Um, and any other techniques that they come which, with that. I mean, which comes in, it comes into play too, still when you're cutting curly hair, but uh, there's no very straight and narrow focus <laughs> on curly hair. So now we um, are seeing so many different curly cuts because people think that these, these are, are specific <sighs> cuts. So first of all, let's disabuse everybody of thinking. Every single cut is not a cut. These are techniques. These are cutting techniques. Tools. 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 That a stylist will learn and use based upon the hair sitting in front of them. Absolutely. Like, they're going to take the tools 
that they have from the education they have invested in um, to use on the client that's sitting before them. However, before they can even dig into their bag of tools or cuts, right, Mm -hmm. Um, they first must find out who their client is so that they can give them a cut, a signature cut, because that's what we do. We typically, Mm -hmm. even though we teach a, a cutting technique, we don't even say like, oh, we're giving you this kind of kinky cut. That's, that's not, not what, what we is. do. We don't even, first of all, Elise trained me, right? <laughs> Elise trained me. We don't even cut the same. Like, we our don't. clients don't look the same. Um, I mean, and as much as you, nothing, like nothing about what we do is the same. Cutting, we, styling, none nothing, of that. Nothing, nothing. But she taught me. I taught her <laughs> all the curly cutting stuff. So this is what we mean by this is going for a, and we're going to actually name names in this yeah, one. Absolutely. So going for a diva cut. Right. Is not going for a specific cut. Diva, Rizzo, We Died, Carlisto. Cha. Cha. Cut it kinky. Actually, Cha is not even Cha. Cha is the map method. Map. And then there because was everybody other in Cha. Because I'm actually a member of Cha. And Cha means curly hair artistry. Hey, Scott. Mm. Um, I'm actually a member of Curly Hair Artistry. Each person in Curly Hair Artistry has their own artistry. So Scott, who's a creator of Curly Hair Artistry, created um, the map method yes. and the cubist cut. Yes. So there are different ways that different curl stylists approach hair, but it's not a, a finished look that everybody seems to be going for. It's not like a it's not like delivering. a v, it's not like a Vidal Sassoon cut. You know what I'm saying? It's, like it's Vidal not, Sassoon has a very signature. Like everybody knows that it's that, it's that bob. It's, it's that bob. It's it's angular. It is it's sharp. His cut his cuts are pretty sharp. Like they're pretty. I mean, they're very clean. They're very modern. Good. But I mean, let me let okay. me say this: the, the fact that okay, it's a bob, right? And these are the techniques used to achieve that bob. But every person that sits there, that bob is going to look different, whether they're yeah. fine, yeah. coarse, yeah. high density, Absolutely. low density. Absolutely. So same thing. There's it's the same. Sessel's a technique too. It's, it is a technique. It is definitely a technique, and it's a well recognized technique when it comes to straight hair cutting. Like everybody knows, mm-hmm. the the Sassoon education is like it's top notch. I mean, it's no lie. It's like stylus, <laughs> stylus. If you're a hair cutter of any ilk. Go take a Sassoon class or go buy the ABCs of haircutting. I still have it. It's on DVD. <laughs> I, um, dear Sassoon, can we get digital though? <laughs> who, has, who has a DVD player I, I mean, I'm like, I don't even have a DVD player here and I have DVDs still because I bought the Sassoon DVDs <laughs> and I was like, I really will, I will, I would pay, put it on Prime. I will pay extra. Hello, Sassoon. I'm just saying. So sit Come and watch on, those videos. Y'all. I'm just saying. But um, it is. It is definitely a technique. And even when people go to learn the Sassoon way of cutting hair, they still come back to their salons, to mm-hmm. their suites, behind their chairs, and they execute that cut in the way that they have learned for mm-hmm. themselves how it fits into what they do. They integrate it into their philosophy of hair. They integrate it into how they see hair. Absolutely. So they're able to take those techniques and bring them to the client because think about this. Who is your client? We actually Absolutely. asked this question on an earlier podcast. So let's talk about the popular ones that are out there that everybody's kind of recognizing My by name. People are literally typing in emails, do you do a diva cut? And I'm like... So, so I guess I could say I do a diva cut because I've been to three diva classes, but no. Uh, reason- do you do? <laughs> <laughs> hey, so then we end up in this conversation where we have to explain that, yes, 
I took a class at Diva. I took two. Um, mm-hmm. I took two courses at Diva. It is a technique that I pull out depending on who's sitting in my chair. But it is not necessarily a technique I use on every single client because guess what? Somebody can sit in your chair right now and they're like, so I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking more rounded or maybe they want more, they think, they want more volume. (laughs) Oh, we have to get into that. Yeah, we got to get into it. But they want more volume. Like, what is it that this client thinks? Because again, it's a lot of thinking. It's a lot of thinking and us having to explain the thought process for deciding on how to cut the hair. (laughs) One of the major factors that I don't think it's addressed enough when it comes to curly cutting is that a lot of what we use and when we use it has a lot to do with the way that that person's curls form and the way that it grows out of their scalp. Those are probably like the two most important <laughs> factors of like how do you decide what do you use to yeah. cut the hair and then add that into what they're asking for. So Diva is one of the oldest, um, started by Lorraine Massey. It was initially an intuitive cut where you looked at the hair where it lived and you saw the shape you wanted to create. And you took off hair as you needed to take off hair to create the shape that was the finished shape. It's not a... When a lot of people think a diva cut is a very specific... Hairstyle. Hairstyle. It is not. It's it not. is a way of taking dry curls and forming them into whatever shape the client themselves are asking for. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, to me, the diva cut looks really good... On two-dimensional hair. I'm going to have to, and in my short time behind the chair, I totally have to agree with you on mm-hmm. that because I've had a number of clients who have come into the salon who have had a cut by someone who was who's diva trained only. Mm-hmm. And what I have found consistently is that the hair is too short in the crown. All of this. The is whole thing super is totally. Super short and there's a mullet back here. Yeah, and it's not so much the mullet. You know what? One of the things that I'm realizing um, as somebody who has disconnected in the front mm-hmm. is that when you're disconnected so much, it doesn't allow you the versatility that you really want. Mm-hmm. And this is why, and I've seen this from a number of other hairstylists, why they don't like that particular technique. And they say when they the clients come in, the haircut is jacked up. And I'm saying this because this is what other stylists are saying. I'm not saying this on mm-hmm. an opinion level. They said, I, ha- I, I had a, a stylist who said she Ooh, fixes- This was a curl stylist? This is a straight hairstylist, straight hairstylist. but she works with texture hair. Okay. She said, I have had to fix, I fix about three of those cuts a week. That's what she said. And so, and I, now I understand what she was saying. When mm-hmm. I started getting to people, I had a person come in and the hair looked like an EKG. Aye, aye, aye. I've had a person <laughs> come in and this whole part here is completely disconnected. And we end up in this long ass conversation about straight cutting and how it's more precise. And me having to explain to her, no, babe, the person who cut your hair cut this part too, too short. short. Because and it's we, not connected to anything. But when you look at the, how the technique works, when we talk about two-dimensional hair, we mean hair that grows downwards mm-hmm. or down and slightly out. So you're cutting that to lie flat on a plane, and you're giving it the illusion of volume, but it's still laying there flat. So when you translate that flat initial shape or that slightly more voluminized flat shape, and then you translate it into hair that grows outwards into the sun... 
That translation, especially if you take that same person who had two-dimensional hair and you flip them over, you that's the exact haircut we see. And when we talk about versatility for our clients, they're not getting much versatility because this area just it ain't gonna go nothing. It ain't gonna do nothing until it grows out. It doesn't do anything, and then they're super frustrated because they feel like they're starting over again. Yeah. Um, and they're now have PTSD. And now I gotta like get them out of you know what I'm saying? Like so we, we, it puts me, it puts them back from where from where they started as as when they got into this whole curly mm-hmm. thing. Now they're unsure. They don't trust anybody again. They're like, I'm never getting I'm I'm gonna cut my own hair. If I jack up my hair, I jack up my hair. Right. So it's not a it's not a dig at diva, but it, it is when a perspective. We see, when we, perspective of when we see um a stylist who doesn't necessarily have experience in translating it. Mm-hmm. The two-dimensional technique mm-hmm. to three-dimensional hair. That's what we end up tending to have see to like in our chair. Yeah, and, and work we're with deep stylists, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I learned the technique, and it's what I learned was a little bit different from what you learned as far as how they're actually. I've learned three different things in three different classes. Okay, then then there's four different, no, five different classes between us, <laughs> <laughs> and we both learned something but completely different. I also different. started in 2011. Absolutely, so I, have, I have to I have to put that caveat out there. My first class was in 2011. My other two classes were in 2015. Okay. So I don't I don't know how that's changed from the classes and you, you know what? in 2017. To be quite honest with you, things do change and they do like they we do they evolve for the better, right? Because yeah. we've evolved quite a bit in mm-hmm. mostly our styling, not so much in our not so much cut- in our cutting. Yeah, the cutting <laughs> is kind of consistent right now. We have yet because you know what? We're in uh, well, I am. I'm doing a lot of fixing. So with fixing all yes. the time, there doesn't it doesn't Lead, lean itself to doing fun things. <laughs> so we're 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 making we're making we're making some shape. Yeah. Next technique. Next technique we're seeing um, is we, Rizzo. We, I was gonna say we die because wouldn't okay. we die be like next in line as yeah, far we, as amount of time? Yeah, because we die's been around for I, I want to say almost as long as Diva. Yeah, I think they. I don't know specifically. I mean, uh-huh. we can all have Google. So if y'all want to debate about when it started, yeah, just, you y'all just can Google it. leave it in the comments section for us, so we'll know for sure. But um, we died is a technique that actually uh, cuts the hair while wet. Right? It's a wet cutting it's, technique. It's a wet. It's a initially a wet cutting that mm-hmm. gets perfected dry. Got it. One of the hallmarks of We Dad is carving. Is it carving slice? Carving slice. I feel like I've heard yes, that. Yes, carving slice. I'm, I think I'm quoting the right ones because mm. there there been some other techniques that we mm. that we don't hear much about now, but they were happening in the '90s. Um, and they do some they do some strategic length removal. Okay. Um, at mid strand to reduce bulk. Okay. And that works really well for again those people who have that very heavy hair. Um, that needs some bulk reduction. Okay. But I don't necessarily see it. Again, I've not taken a class, so this I is, again, third-hand knowledge. have not either. Um, but what I what I know of the technique is not something that I would do on someone who has a very tight spring factor because with a tight spring factor, you know that that curl has to sit on top of the other curl mm-hmm. below it. And if you carve out the curl below it, you have one piece doing this sticking straight up in the air. You have the other piece trying to stick down here, and we're all in for a nightmare. Got it. So, it for me and where I'm at in my career, I have not like ventured into like looking into it, but mm-hmm. I did know just some of the basis. Um, and again, these are cuts that people are asking for. So we're talking about the things that people are aware of and are asked for. So we're not again shading anybody else who no, has a is, technique are- out there. This is just what people are saying um, out there in the social space and what they can what they identify with because these are mm-hmm. things that are be these are cuts that are being talked about that have been marketed that are in, that are in our email inbox. Like, do you do this cut? Do you mm-hmm. do that cut? I, I, I tell people it's like 
I'm a curly cutter. I have taken that class. Or no, I'm I've, I'm a curly cutter, but no, I have not taken that class. Right. But I do, I'm familiar with what I've seen from it. Right. Um, so with We Dodd, I... She also has products to go along with this. Absolutely. So does Diva. Um, so the next one that we're finding is becoming really popular yes. is Rizzo. Yeah, so Rezzo. Is it Rezzo? I can't believe Rizzo. Is it Rizzo or Rezzo? I believe it's Rezzo because okay, it's sorry. Spanish. It's, Rezzo means uh, it's Spanish for curls. But I thought it was Rizzo's. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Okay, somebody Okay, uh, somebody send us a video on Instagram <laughs> at I am Black Girl Curls and tell us what the proper pronunciation we're gonna is. We're going to debate about this in a second. Like, no, it's Rezzo. But so, however... It is a, a a curl cutting technique that the way it's marketed. So I want to speak in terms of the way it's marketed. It has been marketed as a cut for the Latina client, like mm -hmm. to cut her specific curls. What the communication has been from the company yes. is that it's a way for um, heavier. Looser, loopier curls Thank that you. can Her live in either 2D or 3D mm -hmm. to get to be more 3D. So people who have that curl that doesn't necessarily want to live in space, it's a way of cutting and styling for that hair to live in more space. Okay, yes. And I've, I've seen it. I, I did not believe it, but I've seen it on tighter curls, and it actually can be cute. It actually can be really good if that person really wants that big, like, all amazing curl. Like, There's a lot that goes along with that. Yes. And that's that's where <laughs> I get like, ah, because again, the client, <clears throat> I'm real keen and in looking into like what people do, how they actually live. Mm -hmm. And so for the clients that I'm seeing in a salon, that wouldn't be the most ideal cut for them because mm -hmm. in how I see it, it's a very high fashion cut. It's a very, and it's a high maintenance high, one. Yes, high maintenance, high fashion. For me, it's a, it seems like a very specific look, again, for the people who want that really kind of big hair. Mm -hmm. But for, a, you can see, the, my, the lifestyle for a lot of our clients is, <laughs> are you always living with this big hair? Because from what I see, this area, again, becomes very short because that hair wants to lay down. The shorter you take it, the more it sticks up. And so you get that volume, but what happens when you want to do I don't know, a two more controlled, not even two, a more controlled <laughs> wash and go, or a more controlled style, or as you're growing out? I mean, if you want to pull it back, that's what I'm. That's when I start getting concerned. Like pulling it back here, if you want to do a low bun. Or you want to do yeah, two low sure. top nets? This all you of this. You be a high bun and a bottom bun. Yeah, you you won't be able to pull it back. I, and again, I'm thinking about what happens when you're not wearing your hair curly, like, or mm -hmm. you have to pull your hair back, or you're on vacation, or I'm thinking about so many mm -hmm. other things um, that could come along with it. And so, and maybe I'm not looking at it with, with I'm not no, looking but, at it, but, but I'm looking at that because I know what I see how clients walk in the door. But I guess I'm looking at it like there's a specific client that wants that. There's a specific client that's going to maintain that. True. There's a very specific client that's like, no, 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 this is it. And there's one for every single one. Of those techniques absolutely um what other are there any other ones like curlisto is around i don't know much about that i don't know much about that um <clears throat> the map map method map of cubist, and cutting. cubist cutting so cubist cutting again two-dimensional cutting two-dimensional cutting but uh, it's based on wabi-sabi which i actually yes. the uh perfectly imperfect i think that's yes what it is. yes and so when you're working with hair that's two-dimensional if it's literally laying in one flat plane it completely looks flat it does so when you're creating slight unevenness it brings up um, the volume, it gives more visual interest. The eye moves it's, around. The it's haircut. a different, and it's a different approach to graduation. Cause it is, so, it's like yes it's, and no. Yeah, I'm just saying, yes like, and no. yeah, it's it's, okay. it's, it's, a, it's a it's a different version, but in curly. 
mm-hmm. cutting for giving some graduation to two-dimensional hair. Because, yeah. again, that flat plane just means that all your attention goes there. Yep. And we want to create... Some some dimension, some look, somewhere else to for the eye to go, for the, as opposed for the hair to, to go. That too. like as, as you're moving around, and so right. knowing how to create that without creating holes, without creating um, disrupting the harmony of the haircut mm-hmm. is important because when you're working, especially with swavy wavy, absolutely um, hair that it has some bend to it, but it doesn't have a lot of bend to it. Mm-hmm. You take the wrong chunk out, mm-hmm. and it's like. It's it's We're gonna, gonna be in for a little bit. <laughs> you, you thinking about going a little shorter? Right here? You wanna yeah, do a lob? Lob. Lob? How do you feel about a lob? <laughs> How do you feel about a lob today? I think you would look amazing in a lob. So we just I feel like we just completely nerded out. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, but we do that. Um, but I think it's really important to understand too that the where these techniques lend themselves. And again, for us, uh, one of the things that's really important is that although, yes, we have jumped into or we have become a, a part of the curly <laughs> technique <laughs> situation, uh, a lot of thought has gone into the technique that we are actually introducing to other stylists. It's mm-hmm. not just like we were like, oh, you know what? Let you do tight curls. Let's do tight curls, and it's got to be a different way. So, could you talk about what inspired? Because I don't think a lot of people know, like what actually inspired Cut It Kinky. All right, so Cut It Kinky, who? It's her baby, by the way. It I just is. want y'all to know that it's her baby. <laughs> I am black. The digital salon and the black girl curls is the uh-huh. consumer part. That's really my baby. Mm-hmm. But this is her baby, and I'm I, I get to be a part of helping her introduce her baby to the rest of the world. That's that was my job. It really was, but really, <laughs> Cut It Kinky happened. Um, it started really when I decided I wanted to be a curly cutter, and I went to a diva class. And it was taught by Vita, who I think still works for, for Diva. Um, she was uh, one of the only black faces that I saw at Diva. Okay. Um, and she has very tightly coily hair. Mm. Gorgeous, beautiful, blonde, tightly coily hair. And I was I took this class, and it was a great class, but I'm like, how do I take what you just taught me back to the south side of Chicago? I don't have any Caucasian clients. I don't have any clients with two-dimensional curls. Every one of my clients' hair grows out. And I went home and I took the techniques and I tried them and I tried them and I tried them. And I was trying to do the styling as the way they told me. And I'm like, these are not, these aren't working on the people I'm seeing. And I never, they did my hair um, just to show me. And my hair was cute. I hated the way it felt. Because they left like tons and loads and loads of conditioner in my hair. And Y'all I, know oh we, we're not fans of leaving conditioner Woo! in there. We, we're not shamed either. Not either. <laughs> I will not be shamed. And my, but my, it was cute. It looked cute for a couple of days. But my hair felt like crap. So I went home and I'm trying to figure out if I, this is something I can, can do as paid work. And the results I was getting were just sucking. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's me. But at that point, I made my name doing twisted up do's, and I'm a fast learner, and why am I not getting this? And I had to sit down and step back from what I was doing behind the chair and evaluate what were the differences hmm. between the models at Diva and the people sitting in my, in my chair. So what was that? It was coarser, okay. tighter curls, more dehydrated, way more product usage, um, having to flip the shapes. Because when you think about for a long two-dimensional hair, down here is the longest part, like right? Like straight hair. It's straight hair. But when you start to think about tightly coily hair that grows out 
until that hair gets really long, your most important part of that shape is right here around this glow part of the head. So changing perspectives, changing um, how I saw my three-dimensional client's hair in my chair and then being able to address all the stuff the internet was telling them to do at home became the basis of what Cut It Kinky was. So now we're actually, everybody that comes to our classes, we assume, knows how to cut hair. You're a cosmetologist. You made it all the way to cosmetology <laughs> school. You have a chair someplace. We assume that you know the fundamentals of how to cut hair. And I will tell you this, and I, I'm not shamed. Like, cutting in cosmetology school was not my thing. I've spent a whole month, like, I'm not cutting nobody's hair. For an entire month of school, I did not cut anybody's hair. <laughs> and I will, and I'm not ashamed to admit this, like, I, the fundamentals is an area I still need to work in. Mm-hmm. Um, Excuse me, even for 2020, I'm like, I'm going to, there's a couple class, well, there's one class in particular yes. that I okay, am, fundamentals class. Yes, yes, that I am, I got my eye on because when I'm talking to experienced cutters, and again, I'm I'm open book, we actually had this last class, yeah. I got pulled into a haircut, so we when we teach class, Elise owns cutting, I own styling, mm-hmm. and so somebody pulled me into a cut, and I was like, okay, I think I can, you know, help him out with this cut. Hey, Fran Serato. So he called me into the haircut, and I'm like, wait, you need to like do, it. and he's like, no, and then we he started talking to me in fundamentals, and I was like, all right, hold on a second. <laughs> Because he has been training with another stylist who is very much has the fundamentals down. So Mm -hmm. I realized even for myself that those fundamentals are super important. And it's again, I know y'all think we're deviating, but it really goes with this conversation. Uh, But those fundamentals are so important to being able to, again, have, have conversations Mm -hmm. with people who speak that language. So it was almost like Serato was speaking Japanese to me. I need to go on over here because you and Elise, y'all, she a translator and y'all can talk. <laughs> and they actually were able to like work the cutout. Mm-hmm. Um, but even understanding like those fundamentals are there, right? They're very much there in um, the training that goes with um, the technique of cutting kinky. It's just that we're actually teaching people how to see the hair. Because you can you can know every single cutting technique. You can be an expert, but if you can't see the difference and the different expectations the tight curl client has for her hair, you're going to keep giving her these great curly cuts from whatever method that you're working from because you know that method back and forth. But can you see how that looks and translates differently for her three-dimensional hair? And I had to be like, okay, so I have this, this designation. I paid for this class. I did this thing. I've taken other education to learn Swavy Wavy hair because honestly, I can cut all the curls. I just That's don't cut all the curls That's, because it's true. everybody else can cut like <laughs> most of the curls, but it's the curls I work with that tend to scare or really stump other stylists. So I like, would say me, mostly stump. Let me, but let me figure okay. out how to let me figure out this segment so that we don't stump anybody anymore. Yes, because what and, and from a consumer's perspective, when they're coming to the salon, they're like, "I've gotten this curly cut. I've been getting a curly cut, and my hair is not growing." It is at a standstill. I feel like when I went in, I had longer hair and that my hair will, it's, it hasn't gotten any longer. Like it's literally been here the whole entire time. So it, to me, it's like you see something going on, the client doesn't know how to express it or they might have bought it up and you as a stylist or like maybe found a way to explain it to her. But that's that consumer, that client, she knows something's not up with her. She like right with her hair. Like she knows it and she feels it in her spirit. But what actually I figured out I'm not even sure where is what I figured it out was that 
the client was telling the stylist she wanted to keep her same haircut that she really liked. Oh her yeah, haircut, I remember that. That, but she wasn't expressing to the stylist that I want the same haircut as I grow out. So the stylist was like, okay, here we get a stylist form. Oh, you like this haircut? Okay, let's redo this haircut. And the client is going home angry, not communicating with the stylist, that, but I wanted to grow my hair out. So that's what we're actually teaching Cut It Kinky. It's not that it's revolutionary or it's, it's any different. It's specifically it, to that tight curl client because no one else was addressing her. Um, and I also think that was another issue because I didn't get I didn't get a chance to jump. Well, that was a conversation for me and you to have about yeah. what I think was happening when she was going in and saying I like the way she likes the shape, and she probably said she liked the shape, mm-hmm. but liking the shape as it grows out and not knowing how to actually go in to bring that shape back because there is a very actually nobody teaches this. There is a very specific the way we're actually teaching people how to address their clients coming in for maintenance cut. That's mm-hmm. not I didn't see that in any of the classes I went to. Really? I don't feel like I, I, I mean I haven't either. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Nobody said okay when your client comes back for their cut. Here's how we want to address them coming back. Mm-hmm. Now I did see where like in Cubis and Map where we went in and pulled the ends and we like did the maintenance, which really is what we're doing. That's what we're teaching people mm-hmm. how to do um, for their maintenance cuts. But I don't. I think when people are coming back in, it's they come in your wash and go no more than three days old. Are going like. Bop, 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 bop. And, not, and, and everybody's not touching every single like a, hair yes, every single time. Yes. I see that more often than not. Yes. About because when we we're, just saw it again recently. When we're when us tight curl folk, because we we even got all over the map with this. But let's yes. just keep going. Yes. Um, us tight curl folk, when we go in for a haircut or a trim or a maintenance cut, we're expecting every single curl to be touched. Not just a shape arrangement, not just a, like, okay, I'm bringing you back to where you were. It looks good on the outside. We're really expecting a full-on maintenance of that hair so that we don't we avoid single-strand knots. We avoid splits. We avoid breakage because, again, when we think about as curly hair stylists, um, every single twist and turn is a weak point. Yeah. And the tighter the curl, more weak points. And so, yes, it's very imperative that you're touching every single end every single time um, during that haircut, even if you're not taking off a lot or drastically changing shape or growing out. So that's kind of how Cut It Kinky got started is seeing going to a lot of different education and understanding what I was having to then go home and and come up with and recreate that wasn't available to me for my clients. Um, and so every curly cut has its people. It does. It, it, it absolutely does. And, and that's to take nothing from no one. This is absolute, the absolute truth. Everybody knows what they're looking for. Most of the people who are following us or coming to us, these are people who are like, I've been doing it myself. <laughs> I want somebody else to do it. Who, where are those people? And I want mm-hmm. those people to actually share the same philosophy that you do as it regards to hair. So that's why they're looking for a cut it kinky specific stylist. Not because, you know, we're new and we, we popping. No, they're like, I see the results. Mm-hmm. I see the clients you've worked with. I want my hair to be in as great health, great of health as that person that I just saw. Like I want that for myself, and I also want to know like what you're doing. Like they want to know those things. Um, so not only are we teaching a technique, but we are actually teaching stylists how to hear the clients. 
Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 And, and be so. able to communicate with them and their language. So who are curly cuts for? Anybody who wants to wear their hair and is natural loose stay. That's who the curly cut is for. What curly cut? You're going to have to decide as a consumer for yourself what cut fits you. Best suggestion or recommendation we can give y'all. Check those receipts. Yes. <laughs> Make sure that the person who you're looking at to book an appointment with, make sure like their cuts align with your life. <laughs> and I always say this with everything when I'm talking to stylists, like, does it go with your life? <laughs> because it has to go with your life and what you do in your life. Um, so make sure that that person... Um, suits you in by in in that area uh, for your haircut. Is it there... also makes sure that um, you see people who look like have hair like yours. Absolutely, that have the results you're looking for, and start asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. That's where we don't really get to very much is asking the right questions. What is the maintenance? How often should I be styling? How often should I be coming back for reshapes? Um, what is going? What will happen? Um, two months down the road when I'm trying to grow my hair out. Uh, so really start to think about it in the long term versus just, okay, this person's a curly cutter and they should be able to do my hair. Absolutely. There's people that have literally every single designation we just actually mentioned. All of them. Um, and they're amazing <laughs> because every single thing is a tool in their toolbox. And they may pick out for this section something from Diva, and this section something from Rizzo, and this section something from Cut It Kinky. So don't get caught up in names. Don't get caught up in getting a specific look from a name. Understand what it is that you want for your hair. And stylists, understand that the tools are the tools. Yep. But you've got to be able to apply them to each client sitting in front of you to give them the results that they are looking for.